Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. And welcome to episode 9 of Book of Leaves Lovely to have you back if you are an old listener And to any new listeners you are very very welcome Thank you so much for joining us And to give you a quick intro if you haven't heard already This podcast is basically all about interviewing people Who are doing their bit for the planet Be it big or small And we take a leaf from their book to add to our own way of sustainable living. So I interview individuals, also business owners, entrepreneurs. And in the future, hopefully I'm going to get a bit more political as well with some episodes to kind of educate ourselves on policy change and big impact change that we really need. Because I'm sure a lot of you are in this same sinking boat feeling with me that things are getting worse at a rapid pace and not enough is happening to kind of slow down the climate crisis that's happening right now. So we really have to do stuff and make change happen but I can feel really personally overwhelmed and sad when I feel like I'm alone in this but I know that I'm not alone and I know there's so many people out there doing their bit for the planet and there's so many people that I've yet to contact and yet to reach out to that I would love to get on this podcast if you think you are suitable by all means send me an email info no that's not right cara c-e-a-r-a cara at bookofleavespodcast.com send me an email and sure I'd love to chat to you we're not alone in this we are fighting but at the same time we do need it keep the fight up keep the momentum going because at the rate things are at the moment while things are improving and people are becoming more aware of the climate crisis it's not happening as quick as it needs to be and the government is still being I'll be PG and just say almost useless with what's happening right now so keep in touch with your local activism groups and do what you can what's in your power even though it shouldn't be your individual responsibility of the whole planet don't take that onto your shoulders but team up with like-minded people and we can work together to impact policy change which is what we need in the meantime though It is okay to panic a little bit and it's okay to slip up and, you know, not be 100% perfect in your sustainable way of living. But I'm just going to keep sharing the people that I'm meeting who are just doing amazing things for the planet. That's kind of my calling, what I feel I can do. And I throw some seed bombs around as I'm walking as well. But in this episode, this is with Sharon, who runs Jiminy. To give you a quick lowdown, Jiminy is a toy store, basically. And online, she supplies toys. You can buy directly from her and she supplies toys to retailers in Ireland. And she sources them in a really ethical, amazing way. She she has such a specific criteria that the products need to need to tick off before she will sell them and we'll go into all of that but they're locally made plastic free for the most part toys that you can buy for your kids or your nieces or nephews grandkids or yourself if you're a big inner child like me so I'll not keep you for much longer 
I hope you're enjoying the sunshine that we have, even though it's kind of scary that there's so much of it and it is so warm. But like I said, you can only do your part. You can do so much. So let's just do what we can to fix this and keep the pressure on the powers to make policy change happen because that's really what needs to happen as soon as possible. And if you do want to support the podcast, please, please, If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review and rate the podcast. That would be very helpful. And any other podcast platform that you're on, if you could share or share the link to it on your social media or recommend it to a friend, that would be amazing. The more people that kind of find out about these various businesses and like initiatives and just people doing their bit for the planet, I think the more likely people can like learn a little bit of information here and there I really learned a lot from Sharon here so I can't wait for you guys to listen to it and also at the end of this episode um Sharon after we say goodbye I kind of ask Sharon what I ask nearly everyone is what kind of personal advice would you give to somebody making they're making choices to live more sustainably and she sent me a little whatsapp voice message with some more things that she forgot to say so that is going to be added into the end of this podcast episode so you will hear at the end of myself and Sharon talking she's going to come back in and the voice the quality is a little different and it's basically a voice message that she sent me with some little um details that she left out of the interview so I just slotted that in at the end so that's what that's going to be and if you would like to support the podcast I do have a Patreon account which is basically somewhere you can go sign up for to donate one or two euro a month or whatever or once off donation towards the podcast would be greatly appreciated it'll just go towards the upkeep of the website and the what's the other thing called the podcast hosting site that's it and yes if anything breaks on me or anything although it shouldn't I'm minding it all carefully carefully that I might need though to improve some of the sound quality in future I'm looking out for some secondhand recording equipment but if you want to support the podcast again be greatly appreciated I have a patreon account patreon.com forward slash book of leaves but more importantly please share the episode with a friend and recommend it and rate and review on apple podcasts all right guys that is it for me for now here is Sharon Thank you so much for coming into town. We eventually got to find each other to record this podcast. Pleasure. Thank you, Cara, for having me. So I would have explained a little bit before the interview just what Jiminy is. So before we get into how it started and all of that, can we find out a little bit more about yourself? Like, where are you from originally? Where did you grow up? Uh, Yeah, so my dad was one of those IDA employees that was trying to get American companies to relocate over here. And I popped out at the right time in Chicago. So I'm American as well as Irish, but we moved back when I was two and then moved around every sort of three or four years. So people always ask me, you know, where's your home home? You know, (laughs) but I don't really have one. But I lived between different places in Dublin, lived in Galway, really enjoyed a few years in Galway as as a young teenager and then finished school in Dublin. And I've been around here since. 
Oh, fab. Okay, so uh, so would you say Ireland would be your home? Or? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah so at least Ar- you've got the island at least. I'm Irish, but I eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> and you call them peanut butter and jelly. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, the Irishness is questionable now. <laughs> I know, I know. Every school friend I had growing up felt the same way. <laughs> Ooh, jam and your sandwiches with peanut butter. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, so you went to school in Galway, did you say? Did you study what like what did you study in Galway? Oh yeah, so well I I did primary school in Dublin and half a secondary school in Galway and then the second half of secondary school in Dublin. Went to college in UCD and studied mechanical engineering. Wow. My okay. Final I was year, not expecting that. <laughs> my final year project was uh, designing a racing car, the gear change bit of a racing car. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And was this this was in college? So was this like one of those like thesis things that you need to put hours and hours of your time into? It's just a project. It's called Formula Student. It's a competition for engineering students to try and make it a little bit sexy. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay, very good. And I guess as a child growing up or even as a teenager, were you kind of eco-conscious? Were you aware of the environment? And like what kind of toys did you play with growing up yourself? Yeah, you know, not really. I don't know if anyone really was. So I grew up mostly 80s and 90s. And, you know, I think we were just kind of, I don't know, I, I appreciated toys, but I was just all about the cool stuff they could do, you know. And no, I wasn't really, I was, we would spend a lot of time at the weekend going to like forests or the beach. And, you know, I remember like the Exxon Valdez spill and being stressed about that. That happened during my childhood. But coming down to the level of you know in what we buy and the fact that plastic has nowhere to go that it just hangs around forever and all of the pollution that is caused by creating it and by shipping things from China none of that was really we it wasn't talked about at least for me so no I was pretty oblivious to it and while I always you know tried to sort of be decent and be good you know, after college, I ended up working as a management consultant for 10 years, which involved flying mostly to the UK every week. Wow. And I would buy a plastic bottle of water in the airport on the way there and apply it, buy another one on the way back. And I just wasn't tuned into, I just wasn't tuned into what that was doing, mm. you know, my part in the, in the awfulness that's happening to our climate and to our environment. And it was only really then I got interested in zero waste. And I joined the Zero Waste Ireland Facebook group. Um, I actually, it was Trashes for Tossers was the first one I came across. Do you know her? No. Uh, just this girl in New York who's sort of good at communication. She's very pretty and she, you know, she knows how to kind of explain simple changes to your life in a really compelling way. Sure. So she became quite popular on social media and in the press. She's one of the ones that has all her trash for the year in a tiny jar. Yeah. Lauren Singer, I think is her name. And, um... So I just started following her, then found Zero Waste Ireland and started to think about the objects that I was buying and where they were going and started working on at a micro level, you know, my toothbrush, (laughs) my floss, you know, my soap and just item by item trying to kind of clean up my act. And I I quit my job. I felt I needed a change and I wanted to do something more personally meaningful and to create some space to allow something to come in. I didn't know what the something was. And actually someone posted about um, an activism, activism course, an online activism course by the Pachamama Alliance, who are a US group. So I did that and it's one of those really structured sort of trainings. Okay. And at the end, they ask you to sit down and write your action plan. And I thought, God, I really want to do something on the environment. And I thought, well, policy change is the big thing. You know, that's the big ticket to change policy, climate policy especially. 
But I just felt like, gosh, I think I could impale myself on the railings of the doll and still not achieve much here. Mm. I felt like it's probably at the EU level that that will be sorted. And that felt so far away. And I just felt like, what can I do about that? So I decided to do something smaller, but where at least I could have more sort of be sure that I could achieve something, even if the something was smaller. So anyway, I can go into how I, how that something ended up being Jiminy. Yeah. And but before we get into that, was this course that you ran, is that like a regular thing? Do they do those annually? Was that in Ireland? Yeah. So it's an online course. It's a course in, um, in activism for social and environmental justice. Oh, cool. So you could do that course and be inspired to act on like conditions for asylum seekers or to act on any human rights issue or on the environment. It covers all of them. A little bit from a US lens. Mm. So some of the material, like, you know, say that like the race issues they have in the US, you know, you watch the material, it's interesting, but it's kind of a little bit out of your reach to act on. Okay. But uh, most of it in general, the basic principles are totally applicable here and very inspiring. Yeah, really, really nicely good. done. You kind of watch videos and read some articles and then join a call every week to chat about it. Oh, cool. So I really recommend so you it. you still meet people through it, even though it's like an online course. Is it expensive? Do you remember? Oh, no, it's free. And you can oh make a God. donation. Yeah. I think they ask cool. you for $100 if you can afford it kind of thing. Okay. So um, yeah, it's the Pachamama Alliance. And you could just look it up online yeah. and they start courses every, I don't know, every month or every six weeks or every three months, something like that. That's cool. I'll include it in the show notes. So then, of course... This activism course, I presume, gave birth to Jiminy? Yeah, indirectly. So, uh, you know, it started with toothbrushes. Okay, okay. Because here was my basic observation was that people like me want to do the right thing. They want to buy something that's good for the planet. But then they walk into Tesco to buy a toothbrush and there's only plastic on the shelves. The type of plastic toothbrushes is made from isn't even recyclable. So every toothbrush, every plastic toothbrush ever made is still on the planet. So I just thought, well, let's just take something really specific like toothbrushes and see what we could do. So I got on the phone and I called like sustainable toothbrush companies and I called like Super Value and I called people who are in that space in Ireland and nobody really wanted my help, you know? (laughs) And within a few days, I just had the idea of kids stuff because my daughter is five now. She was four at the time. And I would you know, I would, every art and hobby shop I would walk past, I would walk in and smile and say, do you have any biodegradable glitter? Knowing well that there'd be a blank look and I'll go check and no, sorry, we don't stock that. As a little, as a microactivism, I used mm-hmm. to do that. And I used to walk into toy sh- shops and walk out and look for something that I could buy for my daughter, something that was made locally in Europe and something that was plastic free. Yeah. And I'd usually walk out empty handed. So I just thought, well, let's try that. And I picked up the phone. And in contrast to my toothbrush and homewares inquiries, as soon as I picked up the phone about kids and kids stuff, the answer was wall to wall. Yes. Can I distribute your project or your product in Ireland? Yes. Uh, You know, can I come show you what I've got? Yes. And this lovely positive response. So I have a friend who always says, go where the energy is. Yeah. So I decided to go where the energy was. So yeah. And so Jiminy was born. Oh, that's really cool. Things like glitter and toys you don't really think about when you're a child. Like You kind of need someone else to think about it for you because you literally walk into a toy shop and just grab the most colourful, loudest lighting up thing that everyone else has. Um, and now I've recently learned about glitter and there's oh, there's old shoes and everything that I have with glitter on them. And I uh, no birthday cards, please, especially if they've got glitter on them, like all this kind of stuff. So like, what is the specific impact? Like what kind of, what have you learned about the toy industry since you've started this? Why do we need to cut down the amount of 
plastic toys and everything that we do buy. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so plastic doesn't biodegrade. You can't compost it. And especially with toys, they're often made of mixed materials. So they often can't be, usually can't be recycled. So um, once they're broken or once they're disused, they're ending up in landfill. And the thing is, 90% of new toys are made of new plastic and 80% of them are made in China. So Shanghai is 10,000 kilometers away by shipping. That's pretty far if you're, you know, in terms of burning fossil fuels to power the ships to bring it here. Mm. Shipping is cleaner than road transport, but uh, Shanghai is still basically 10 times farther away than anywhere in Europe. So here's the problem with plastic is apparently like three quarters of Lego's carbon footprint is the extraction and refining of the plastic to make the toy. In other words, clearing forests, digging up tar sands to get the oil, fracking to get the oil. We're doing that to get the oil to make the plastic. So that's the first horrible thing about plastic Mm. before you even think about where it goes um, and the fact that it hangs around basically forever for like 500 years or longer, depending on the type. So I think the, you know, what we need to fix about toys is both of those things. What's it made from and how far has it traveled? In other words, toy plastic and toy miles. And the interesting thing about toy miles is that actually there are some toys that look eco-friendly, but actually they've traveled so far that maybe they're not. So there's a bit of greenwashing that I'd love people to become more aware of. I'd love people to be flipping over the toys and looking at the back to see where it's been made. Mm. Because, um, so for example, a heavy wooden toy that's been handcrafted has probably been made in Thailand, Indonesia, or Sri Lanka. Those are all 10,000 kilometers away by shipping. Uh, There's also Green Toys, which is an American company who are awesome. And I love what they're doing. They're taking post-consumer plastic, like milk bottles, and recycling the plastic into toys. But California is also 10,000 kilometers away by shipping. And so by the time you get it here, would you have been better to buy a locally made plastic toy? Yeah. You know, in terms of the environmental impact. So Jiminy's remit is locally made in Europe. I wish I could source it all in Ireland, but it's just unrealistic. Yeah. There aren't enough companies. So locally made and plastic free. And if we could, you know, the, the dream for us is to have a plastic free aisle in Smith's Toys, you know, a plastic free aisle in a section in every toy shop in Ireland. So that when people like my like my toothbrush analogy, you know, when people walk into a toy shop with good intentions, they want to buy something that's good for the planet as well as good for their kid, mm. that they have an option. That's the dream. That's the five-year dream for us. Oh. Um, so let's see what we can do. Yeah, that's so good. That'll be, that'll be amazing, like, because it is getting better in certain different aspects, you know, like the free-from vegan ranges in, in superstores have been getting bigger. So I hope it's the same for for children's toys. There's definitely a market there. Like people want them. And, you know, kids these days have shorter attention spans. They don't have the one toy they they treasure for their whole life. Like they get so many toys that they play with them for only a little amount of time. And then they go somewhere. So they might as well go back into the earth as opposed to the bin. Yes. And here's the thing that I've learned. So we've talked about like whether I was earth conscious about my toys as a child. And the answer was no. Like I was oblivious to it. And you talked about how kids will go in and grab the brightest, shiniest thing. And, Mm. you know, and I think that's true. And yet from like when we retail kids eco toys, kids these days are quite environmentally conscious and it's fantastic. It's so inspiring to see, you know, they're really quite tuned in and well informed compared to (laughs) I knew nothing. So that gives me a lot of hope because it's only a decade until those kids are adults. So I think this is going to change and change quite quickly. 
And the reality is someone like me, you know, Jiminy is not going to be the dominant toy supplier in Ireland ever. We're never going to displace the big guys. Yeah. But if we can inspire and catalyze and help the big guys to change, that's the, like, that's the end game. That, that most of the producers of toys are using European factories and non-plastic materials, natural materials, then the problem is solved. Whereas, you know, this year I went to the, or last, yeah, this year I went to the London Toy Fair. There were 220 toy producers there and I walked into each stall and I smiled and said, hi, do you have anything that's made in Europe? And I was waiting for the yes so I could ask the second question, which is, do you have anything that's plastic free? But I never got to the second question in the majority of stalls. Everything was made in China predominantly. Nothing against China except its distance away. Yeah. And also the fact that production there tends to be worse for the environment than production here just for lots of different reasons. Anyway, so of 220 or so producers that were there, there were five that I could consider stocking that were made in Europe and that had at least some of their products that were plastic free or 100% recycled plastic. So that's what the buyers are facing, you know, when our shops buyers go they mostly probably go to London and that's what they're presented with you know what do you expect them to do yeah so we need those producers to be changing their yeah. habits and actually what was encouraging was some of those big brand toys told me they are actually moving their factories slowly back from China to like places like Poland uh, Eastern Europe is you know I mentioned Shanghai is 10,000 kilometers away Eastern Europe's only 1,500 kilometers. Places like Germany and France are like 1,000 kilometers and England is 500. So like Poland is pretty good improvement on China <laughs> in terms of distance and toy For miles. Sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's Yeah, that's absolutely mind-blowing. But I, So when you started Jiminy then, this is only a year ago, I'm gathering? Yeah, it was. I think I made my first phone call at the end of October. Oh my god, wow, so le- less than. And yeah. so what did you start? Did you open a website straight away or did you start a stall? How did it, like, how did you start selling? Yeah, both, yeah. I, I set up a website, I had different ideas. I started trying to source products that were locally made and plastic free. I had a friend come on board and help with the branding for a few weeks and get us going. And we started in St. Anne's Park at the market there, which is lovely. And it's a little haven of like zero waste and organic and all of those good things. Um, it's on every Saturday so we started there like at the end of November I think it might have been the second last weekend in November um, so I mean it's just been a total roller coaster <laughs> since then but in a really good way and yeah I think the first product that I sourced for us to distribute was Play Press which is made in the UK by these two fantastic young guys and it's cut there and the board comes from Finland and then I started looking at, well, where else is Playpress sold? You know, I started looking at the shops that sell Playpress to see what else they had. And just basically by repeating that and then find a new brand that is genuinely plastic free and made in Europe. OK, see where else that's sold and what else those shops have. Uh, I've grown it up to, I think we have 10 or 11 brands now, each of which has multiple products. So I think we have like 160 or uh, nearly 200 products uh, across like 10 or 11 brands that's brilliant yeah and what would you think what would you say like now is the most popular toy that you have like is there is there one or two that people keep coming back for yeah so our bio blow is super popular and i love it um it's the rainbow colored honeycomb stacking blocks mm-hmm. i played with them <laughs> yes i remember them i play i think you were i saw you at the botanical gardens before we interviewed yeah. and you were like sure play with some of the toys and I was like of course I will yeah for research purposes I swear <laughs> and then yeah there are these like 
quite they're nice heavy they've got a lovely little weight to them so that they're, they're easily stackable and they're so colorful and you can literally build i think you had a giant owl or something there yeah they're okay so they're really popular <laughs> yeah just i love the fact that they i just see the kids at the stall from like babies and buggies up to young teenagers playing with them all in different ways because it's a totally open-ended toy they don't click together so you can build angles you can stack them in lots of different ways and they go through the dishwasher and so there's I, I think as soon as people see them they're just like wow and then they hear that they're made from sustainable sawdust and recycled plastic drinking cups and then they just fall in love so <laughs> I think that might be our most popular toy at the at the moment the other one that's really creating some waves is the flexible construction chips you played with those yeah as well. I did yeah I played with them too they're so they're they're like these th- yeah it's it's not like lego it's they're like how do you're better why am I taking over you're so much better explaining this than me I have to click I'm trying to use my hands to describe it here which obviously none of you can see so they're called Binabo and you would swear they were made from a flexible plastic the kind of plastic that would be like the lid of your lunchbox you know there's a bit of bend in it um but it's still rigid but it's not there's no plastic in them at all they're made from sugar and sawdust and wood resin which kind of makes sense you know the way like you know rubber is a wood resin a tree resin and it's flexible and strong so Mm. anyway in a similar way these are flexible and strong and they click together and because they're flexible you can build genuinely in three dimensions that made me realize that every other toy I had built with was actually two-dimensional because you're clicking blocks up or clicking blocks blocks across but these you can bend so um those are making some waves mostly in that they make people stop and think oh my god if this is not plastic there's no petroleum in this. Well, why do we need plastic again? Remind yeah. me. To which I reply, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so those are also super popular. We have these gorgeous shadow theatres. They're made in France by this beautiful lady who doesn't speak English. And so I kind of buff up my my French and I <laughs> use my VU and my VU tense uh, to talk with her. And um, she's just very polite and charming and She's a sonographer, like she, or well, you'll tell me the right word, but she designs theatre sets for real theatres and then also designs these, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I thought there was a fancy word. She also designs them these little sort of, you know, they'd fit on the size of your lap, um, little theatre, shadow theatre sets. And they're just absolutely charming. I literally got like, you know, the hair in the back of my neck standing up when I opened the sample set with my daughter, five-year-old. And we, the two of us jumped straight into just making up little, you know, improvising little stories. Like she was the elephant and I was the donkey and just acting out little stories. And it was like being back in my own childhood, you know, during yeah. the summer, just making up plays with your friends and then forcing the adults to watch them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that one is, they are really charming and super popular as well. That's so cool. And you mentioned with the, is it the blocks that are called the bonobos or what are the blocks? The yeah, so stacking the stacking blocks, blocks are Bio Blow. Bio Blow. And the flexible construction chops chips are binabo which binabo. is a really unfortunate the two different companies and it's really unfortunate that they're so similar but they're, anyway. they're quite similar but then <laughs> bonobo is the type of monkey so i don't oh, yeah. that's obviously in my head <laughs> but the you mentioned that you can run them through the dishwasher because obviously mm-hmm. when people think you know one obviously your kids are going to be playing with toys and they can get covered in germs and i know there's like a fine line between over sanitizing their environments like they need to come in contact with some germs but at the same time you also need to be able to clean them yeah. clean toys and people might think oh wood you can you know wipe that clean but obviously if these can be run through the dishwasher like m- m- a lot of the toys on your site are they can they be cleaned uh, they're all made from natural materials 
except for the recycled plastic drinking cups in Bioblog, which means actually there's quite a bit of wood, but actually it's mostly cardboard. There's a lot of cardboard. So obviously those are not super washable, not dishwasherable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the nice thing about uh, Bioblog being able to be washed means because see what I said about kids in buggies up to age 12 all play with it so I think it could be played with in the same house by the same child or children in different ways at different ages for like a decade which would mean it would get grubby you know Mm. or inevitably there'd be yogurt spilt on it or something Mm -hmm. so uh, it just means it's no stress it's a really durable toy and it's I think it's one of the reasons it's made by an Austrian company and it's very common in Austrian play schools because you get like 300 of these things and pour them on the floor and you've got an instant playstation that is educational inclusive you know kids can be creative and really imaginative and then you can just throw the whole thing into a <laughs> into a big tub of water or a dishwasher and the next year's children can play with it again. Yeah. It's it's dyed, not painted, whereas most wooden toys be painted. Okay. Which is why you can wash it because there's nothing oh, to wash sure. off. Sure. Okay. It all makes sense now. Now I know we literally just touched on the iceberg of what you sell but I'm gonna hijack this interview for a second and literally list because I was looking at your website earlier and you have it like spread out so well that you can shop by age you can shop by activity occasion or theme be that animals or dinosaurs or space or what have you but like so the kind of stuff you have you sell art supplies stationery construction toys craft kits nail polish 3d color ins board games memory games press build play toys those are the guys you were talking about in England Mm -hmm. then you have cardboard puzzles shadow puppetry wooden puzzles and toys so you literally have so much there like we literally just touched the iceberg and I guess to lead me into the next thing I wanted to mention what kind of research do you do before the product arrives on your website yeah pretty thorough so like honestly we have higher standards than most of our equivalents in other countries I frequently go onto a website that maybe you know a website that stocks one of my products say like okay what else do they have you know someone in the UK or someone in France or whatever what else do they have so I can get an idea for a new product I'll frequently find something there that looks really good it's made from you know wood or it's made from cardboard and it looks gorgeous beautiful design product and um, but it doesn't say where it's made and you go onto the producer's website and it doesn't say where it's made, but it's an English company. So, and often it'll say things like designed in the UK. So, okay, okay. so then I'll, have, I'll call them up and say, where are your products actually made? If your answer is Europe, I'm interested. If your answer is outside Europe, I'm afraid I'm not. And they'll often say, well, I have bad news for you. Because the, the reality is like designed in the UK is a red flag that is not made in the UK. And it's back to the screen, the screen washing. And honestly, I, I even even online retailers in particular that are kind of known for their conscious and sustainable toys actually you know there's still a decent proportion of what's on there that's been shipped from China anyway so super careful and I actually just have a checklist so I have like I think it's 25 or so questions that I've just have kind of come out of all the different concerns that you could have and I just make sure I have the answer to all of those in a spreadsheet. <laughs> so yeah. I have a spreadsheet with like my 25 questions along the top and every single product down the side. And once or twice, we've made exceptions for like two products. So the two products are bio glitter, biodegradable glitter. 
the producer of that in the UK is basically has a monopoly. They're the only producer of craft biodegradable glitter and they will only sell it to me in plastic pots, okay. which drives me crazy. Yeah. And I've really tried every influencing tactic to get them to sell it to me in bulk so I could package it myself or whatever. Yeah, or in glass or whatever. Yeah. yeah, or to package it especially for me. They've so far declined, but tell me they're working on it. But for the moment, I still stock it because it's so much better than plastic glitter in a plastic pot. Yeah. And the second exception is the nail polish. One of the nail is the nail polish. So Piggy Paint is the world's safest nail polish for kids and it is biodegradable, but it has a plastic lid and it's made in the US, which I'm not happy with at all. But I read up about kids nail polish and kids use of nail polish and the risks to their health of using most big brand adult polishes. Oh, really? Which kind of rather freaked me out. And so I decided... Like this brand wasn't in Ireland at all, but it's the single safest of any nail polish, uh, Piggy Paint. So I, I went and asked if they'd let me distribute it and they said yes. So I kind of landed landed with that. So those are my exceptions, but pretty much everything else is completely plastic free made in Europe. Yeah. Um, and I also like to know the answer to a load of other questions. Like ideally everything would be vegan and ideally all the materials would be grown organically without the use to pes- of pesticides. Um, those things are are a step too far maybe for just now. Yeah. So we always ask the question and we always know and the ones that are not vegan or are not grown organically, we are always asking them to do that for yeah. future. But for the moment, we're just glad to have plastic free and locally made because that, that in itself is so not easy right now. Yeah. yeah, hopefully it gets better. Are those questions you're talking about the same ones that are listed on the products pages? Okay, here I am hijacking again. <laughs> This is just so cool. Originally, I wasn't sure if this was just on one item, but you literally have it for every item. So the 25 questions Sharon asks are beside every item. And these are, are they raw materials from the EU? Is it organic? Is it manufactured in the EU? What's it made from? And it lists all the ingredients. What's it packaged in? The shipping packaging from the manufacturer to them. Is it like, does it come to Sharon in cardboard or plastic? Or how does it get there? Is the item plastic free? Is it vegan, as you said? And is it animal cruelty free? Is it reused, upcycled or recycled in some way? Is it biodegradable or compostable? And you even list if it is like, like, like this, what am I on at the moment? I'm on my Fibo boomerangs that you mm-hmm. colour in. And this says it's 100% compostable. So obviously you can put this in your bin. But there was another one I was on that you said it's a one of those factory kind of specially compostable things. But you yes. have that listed, like you say that. Is yeah. it reusable or refillable? Is it recyclable? And then in regards to it being toys, you mention what ages they're good for, the shelf life of it, any awards it's gotten, any safety standards they have met or what safety standards they've met. Is it solvent-free, gluten-free, peanut-free, soy-free, lactose-free, easy to wash off clothes and skin, very important as an adult or parent to know this and improvements Jiminy are working on on this product which I think is so cool and you literally have that for every every item now obviously even if the answer to some of those say soy free or whatever is no at least you know like if if your child has like a serious allergy god I just put every every website should have that it's such a good Mm. list like it's a really good thorough thing and it's so nice to know exactly where 
everything comes from because I'm going to be moving house shortly and I'm trying to start like getting secondhand things for it and I ordered two rugs and I was so excited because I couldn't find any local I'm not like crafty enough to make them myself and I got these rugs from the EU I think it was Germany they shipped from made from recycled materials and they arrived in plastic wrap and I was like, what is the point? Like everything they sell is like recycled materials, but it didn't say anywhere. And if that, if that, you know, I might have gone to Mayo or somewhere instead looking for materials over there. Anyway, yeah. we digress. So that list of questions you have, like that, that is it. That's how thorough it is. And that's how you find the products you sell. Yeah. And it just helps me keep track of it myself. You know, in your first few interactions with a new supplier, you inevitably ask some questions, but then when I actually have to go and fill out that list, I go, oh, I didn't ask them about that. So it just helps me to keep track myself, helps keeps, keeps me honest. And I just think transparency is good. Like what's, you know, what's to be afraid of it just being open and honest about stuff. But actually your point about the rugs is a really good one because that's why our listing includes what's it packed in from our supplier to us because supply chain plastic is like you know it's it's hidden you walk into a shop you don't have any idea how much plastic has gone from them into often landfill like you know soft plastics aren't recycled here so what happens to bubble wrap in Ireland mm. you know and bubble wrap is big and and we've got caught out once or twice um especially like doing orders late at night under stress and a really busy period and when you're ordering from a producer that's super eco-friendly you know <laughs> I've learned the hard way that you have to ask every supplier but also every order every time ask them will there be any plastic in the packaging for this product if yes, call me before you pack. I literally almost have to copy paste that sentence into every email about every order. I'll give you two examples where I got caught out. I ordered this from this lovely company, our wooden beads. And I, it was our first order from them. And I grilled them on everything. Like, is there any plastic? Where were your beads made? What are they made from? Like, what's the paint made from? Like, everything. The first order of the beads arrived in this cardboard box. Just naked beads in a in a nice cardboard box. Fantastic. So we used up all the beads and reordered the beads. Looking forward to our lovely plastic-free beads. And they arrived in a sea of plastic. They It turns out they have two stocks of beads. One for customers like me that are like... <laughs> that are like obnoxious (laughs) about plastic and another for customers who don't care because they have a legacy of stock that was you know every 20 beads went into a little heat sealed plastic pouch or whatever and I don't know they had new staff and they didn't know I was one of the obnoxious (laughs) anti-plastic people and they just shipped me the other ones I was really on the verge of sending it back until I just thought well actually the emissions from sending it back would be worse but anyway they they have a big sign on our account now like saying send no plastic with other suppliers we've actually helped them to change so you know one supplier liked to wrap everything in an individual plastic bag and to use bubble wrap in their shipments and we just they explained why you can understand why they'd had stuff broken en route yeah in the past it had unhappy customers in the past but we don't just take that right so you know my answer to them was well I understand that but we're not gonna we're not gonna accept that like let's work together to find something different so they found a local supplier of um, packing peanuts that are made from plants Mm-hmm. Lush used something similar, I think, like made from potato or something. Yeah, potato yeah. or corn. I yeah. think, yeah. It's they so smell clever. like popcorn. Anyway, ours do. Um, and so, and they would cost 15 euro for a big bag of packing peanuts. Mm-hmm. So I said, that's fine. Just charge me the extra 15 euro. So they packed in packing peanuts instead of plastic, instead of bubble wrap, which was their default. 
and sent it to me. And then, of course, the packing peanuts are super useful when we're dispatching orders, so they get used at least twice. Yeah. And it, you know, and then they they go into the compost. They, you can put them in your compost or your brown bin when you're done. So really happy with that solution. And I keep um, sort of bugging them as to how many other customers they've offered this new solution to, to try yeah. and. Yeah, see, because the thing is, when you're an individual consumer walking into a shop to spend 15 euro, you have 15 euro of influence on that shop. Mm-hmm. You can say to them, I wish this wasn't in plastic. This is pointless. You know, this bag will be used for 15 seconds. You know, I wish you had a different option. But when you're a, a distributor and you're spending thousands of euro with each order, then that's a whole other level of influence. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I'm really appreciating that, that, that sort of power or just that influence to actually uh, make to make to change things for thousands of euro at a time yeah. instead of 15 euro at a time and here's the thing there are fantastic options alternatives to plastic so you mentioned about um your rugs were wrapped in plastic and there's probably a good reason you know your rug company probably had rugs arrive dusty or dirty mm. or whatever and someone was unhappy but and especially in supermarkets and stuff you can see how plastic has a function in keeping the cucumbers fresh or whatever but quite a few of our products are actually wrapped in nature flex which is relatively new it's uh, clear, transparent. It looks like a plastic bag. It feels, it doesn't crinkle. It's quality. Uh, but it's made entirely from wood and it's home compostable. In other words, if, if it is only a single use, you know, if you need a single use cover for something, at least make it one that the worms will eat. Yeah. <laughs> and that it'll be gone in three months. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to, we have a couple of suppliers still using older versions of plastic substitutes like PLA, which is not plastic, but it doesn't, it's not gone as quickly. So we're, transferring removing them all over to nature flex um, so yeah there's lovely options out there they're just new so it'll take a while for the world to adapt but i think we'll get there yeah eventually. but these options are there and i think people once people have options they usually tend towards them like even when you're booking a flight online now it will say do you want to offset the carbon by donating something you know like i don't travel often but when I do you do feel guilty about the fights but like most people will take that little box or whatever if you put a sign somewhere saying please reuse your glass they'll do that you know so like good on you for demanding more with the power that you have it's brilliant you've started doing something recently or setting it up your borrow kits so what is that about and how can people use it or help you with it yeah, so like there are people who would say plastic is not the problem. The problem is single-use disposables. And, I, you know, I think they're both true because um, even multiple-use items that are from plastic will eventually end up broken or whatever, and then they're a problem. But uh, single-use plastic is, is the, the first demon we need to conquer for sure. And actually, if you look at kids' parties, they just generate so much waste. You know, a lot of those little cups that you get are actually plastic-lined and therefore not recyclable and even if they are recyclable they often don't get recycled and like it just it it's a whole heap of trash a kid's party the plastic forks and everything and the parents putting on a kid's party like don't feel criticized by me it's stressful (laughs) I get it it's stressful you just need a solution and again you go into your local shop to find a solution and all the solutions that are offered to you are plastic you know so what are you going to do so I feel I've always felt like gosh, maybe we could just have loads of kits locally 
hosted that people could borrow and I've for about six months I've been trying to persuade other people to do this so I've emailed like Dublin City Libraries because I thought wouldn't be great if your local library had a box of party you know reusable cups and reusable plates and forks that you could just borrow um, and bring back I emailed them they didn't answer and I you know some of the party wear companies in Ireland have been like you should do like rentals or like borrows and they didn't have the capacity to do it so I just ran out of patience and decided to do it myself so (laughs) um so yeah so I for a couple of months I've been trying to source secondhand reusable cups plates knives forks and stuff in bright colors for kids parties so I got one set together and launched you know that we had a set that we would lend out to people and just charge a small fee just you know not just to cover the cost like Mm -hmm. of buying all the stuff and the time to organize it and then I realized well you know it's, the, it's not the kind of thing people we're not going to post it to Donegal and then have to, someone in Donegal post it back to us you know it just will get really expensive on postage so the reality is the only people who are going to borrow our kit are people in north you know north Dublin city who can come pick it up so I thought okay come on we need 200 of these around the country so let's see so just put a shout out on social media like yesterday to say lenders wanted you know who would want to host a kit and we've had lovely responses from some from shops and some from just people who would just host it in their house and have people come borrow it so now we need to assemble all those kits and we're looking for people who would sell or donate to us you know their unwanted stack of ikea cups that have been in their cupboard for a year and unused or whatever so that we can assemble at the moment we need like 10 of those kits and i'm hoping that we can work our way up to like 200 to try and um, display some of that single use disposables but without driving to ikea and paying them to produce new plastic cups yeah yeah so only using secondhand you know cups and plates and stuff to start with so that's gotten a great response people are really excited about the idea which is really nice it's lovely to get that kind of warm fuzzy feedback and um, we're also offering to lend like some of the toys so like the indestructible bio blow the colorful stacking blocks it was my daughter's fifth birthday in February and we just took our sample kit and poured it on the floor in the community hall where we had her party and there were constantly like four or five children you know different children different stages they're just absorbed playing with it and it was a really nice kind of chilled activity station for yeah. them and again because they're washable like there's nothing to lose so we decided to well we'll lend those out for parties like rent them out as well for parties yeah. the b nabo the flexible construction chips also we're going to rent those out we have a bath bomb making kit because we do bath bomb making at our stall sometimes with kids with like eco ingredients so that's available to borrow and we're up for other suggestions as well so far other people have suggested maybe puzzles could be you know rented out because once a child has cracked you know with the simpler Mm -hmm. puzzles once they've cracked it then they tend to move on from it other people are talking about like you know baby clothes and kids clothes which is a bit too far outside of our remit but there's some cool ideas out there on stuff that could be more like a library than yeah and than just a sale that's so cool and so if people have stuff at home are you looking for only plastic things or can they be ceramic as well do they have to be colorful and do you want a set or if say someone literally has two or three plates that they don't need like or would you prefer like a big bulk yeah great question yeah so I think they need to be a bit indestructible if they're going to go to kids parties so plastic or bamboo or steel steel would be amazing and so probably not ceramic 
Okay. And then, yeah, I mean, if they literally have three or four plates, there's no harm to get in touch. If we have a lender in their locality, they could just drop the three plates into the lender. Every little helps. If there's no one very near them, then it's probably not worth someone driving to their house to get three plates. But, you know, so a full set of, say, like 10 or 20 items, no matter what type of items, would be more worth us saying, OK, post it to us or, um, you know, or we'll have someone come to, come to collect it. But like, we'll take what we can get. And, you know, ultimately, like I said, we want one of these in every locality and maybe it'll be the libraries that take up the idea ultimately, which would be fantastic for, for the moment. We'll keep plowing ahead. Um, so we'll take whatever you've got. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And even if you've got a birthday party coming up soon that you're trying to organize, like you don't need to necessarily go through Jiminy if you there's no shame in asking the friend of your kid's parent who had their party a couple of weeks ago do you have anything left over like there there's no shame some people find like shame in reusing things or the same with like cloth nappies and stuff there's no shame and it just you know like what's the shame isn't gonna matter when we're all burnt to oblivion because of climate change so yeah I think yeah it's I think a really if we just cool explain idea. why then people really get it yeah and I saw a lovely post uh, from the crafty mum she sent a text to all the parents coming to her kids party saying could your kid please bring their their own water bottle and I have some Ribena to pour into it because I'm not going to provide cups which I thought was super clever like put it this way I don't want to like have some sort of monopoly on party borrows for kids I just want to shake it up a bit <laughs> I'm certainly now you know I'm not going to make anything off this venture financially uh, it's just something that I've wanted to see happen and I couldn't persuade anyone else to do it <laughs> sure, <laughs> so yeah. so here we go we'll give it a shot oh it's such a good idea and I guess before we close off personally as a parent and a fellow human animal what do you do at home I know you said you try to live zero waste so what kind of tips would you have for day-to-day living what have you done yourself and especially as a parent for having children which can they they just produce waste Mm. and how what yeah what tips would you have for people and especially in regards to occasions and birthdays and parties and stuff yeah so uh I guess the first thing I would say is it can be pretty overwhelming if you look at all of the waste that your family produces and if you wish there was none of it and it's easy to kind of get overwhelmed and almost do nothing so what I always try and tell myself is (laughs) just do something do something small just start with one thing and so what I literally did was I just started looking at the objects around me you know like I said my toothbrush how could I replace that with a bamboo one or um you know my soap how could I how could I get rid of that and switch you know so small things like don't have like a little jar of soap that you squirt out onto your hand Uh, just buy a bar of soap like it takes up less space it's cheaper and you can often get it in cardboard or packaging free and there's no plastic and you're also not paying someone to ship lots of water around the world in your liquid soap. So there's small changes. Um, and I find that if you find a nice retailer like a whole food shop or like we order our vegetables from Green Earth Organics and they are kind of in the same ethos. So they'll deliver everything essentially mostly packaging free or in, in paper in a box that they take back again next week to reuse it. And they stock soap in cardboard boxes and lots of kind of... So that makes it a hell of a lot easier if you have one place you can go to find at least a lot of the things that you need. And that retailer has already done the thinking and the research for you, Mm -hmm. which is in a way what we're trying to do for toys is that you can come to Jiminy and relax (laughs) and just know that, what you know, just pick what you need and not worry about inspecting where it came from or what it's made of. Sharon has your back, guys. She's got your back. (laughs) 
well, just to make it easier for someone. So to, if you can find something like that, a, a place like that for um, for your groceries and your day-to-day uh, stuff that you consume, that's very helpful. Then in terms of parties, yeah. So for my daughter's party, we said strictly no presents and really emphasised that. And in the end, you know, five people still showed up with a present, but at least it wasn't 25. Yeah. Um, we explained to her why and she was kind of okay with that. <laughs> and we actually got, we hadn't thought of the reusable party wear bits. So we got compostable, disposable party wear from Planet Susty, which is great if you want disposable, then that's a great option. And we just had like paper bags and we gave plastic free toys <laughs> as the take home bags. Uh, yeah, in terms of kids, like in general, well, there's like, there's lots of things, it's just small things. Like when my daughter was small, I got a high backed potty and I just started putting her on it when she was like six months old. So that, you know, at least some of what came out of her went into the toilet instead mm-hmm. of going into a nappy to reduce the number of nappies that we use. Mm-hmm. We got some re- cloth nappies, but we did a mixture of cloth and and then we just sort of stumped up a bit more cash for the biodegradable single use nappies when we could um, and did a bit of a mixture of all that to try and reduce the amount going into our bin. Um, that's the thing, like go item by item and or find a few retailers that you can trust that cover as much as possible of what you're doing and then just don't worry about getting it perfect like just do something because I think it's so easy just so easy to get stuck in this is too big I can't do it and so just carry on with what you've got instead of just just change the soap at your at your sink just start with that yeah you know and you'll feel good about that and every time you wash your hands you'll feel like you've done something yeah. and maybe that'll inspire you to change your teeth your toothbrush or to think about your kids nappies or or whatever and one other thing on kids is just like you said about the shame about reuse I have a friend who has older kids and so I just asked her if she had a stash of clothes and she did and so you know she wanted them back and that's absolutely fine and for you know for her sister and for different people so we just take a bag and my daughter uses all the clothes and then we give them back and that feels really good like almost like a little yeah. personal loaning and I know lots of mums do that as well yeah it saves uh, you money as well money. and kids grow fast so oh my god but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good thing I, I would survive off hand-me-downs even today but as a kid like you're growing so fast that it really doesn't make any sense to spend crazy amount of money on a top that they can only wear for a few months totally and especially you know maybe I have it easy because she's only five but my daughter's fine with this so like she she finally asked for a bike a pedal bike and I said okay so I went on adverts and found one she said she wanted it to be pink and purple and my partner was like "Mm, you know Sharon I think we should just take her to Halfords and get a new bike you know it's special for her and I said let's see what we can find found a pink and purple one for 15 euro on adverts and she and I went over to collect it and it's a bit rusty you know around the and she was just in love with that bike. Like, she's just in love with it. It says puppy on the side. It has puppy paw prints on it. And she talks about puppy like it's a person. <laughs> and learned to ride on that bike. And she's just thrilled. And she doesn't seem to register. You know, I explained to her why we were buying it secondhand for the planet. You know, good for the world. She gets that. And she's just totally thrilled with it. Whereas I feel like there is sort of a societal pressure that to make your kid happy you have to buy them something shiny and new yeah um but actually she's totally it now that might change as she gets older you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I I can see sort of parents of older kids listening to this thinking ah, uh-uh, it's all gonna change when she's seven and maybe it will but at least up till now I'm getting away with kind of making reuse at least acceptable if not cool 
in her eyes as yeah. well as mine. Such a good point that they don't always need the nude thing. Have you seen Toy Story 4 by any chance? No. Well, you kind of see it in the poster, but the but the child in the film, myself and my partner went to see it. We were two like adults sitting in IMAX theater with like loads and loads of kids there. But there's the main girl and she's only uh, starting kindergarten. I don't know how old you are over there when you do that. But she met, went into class and she made a fork toy called Forky. She got like a plastic fork and stuck stuff onto it and, you know, pipe cleaner. And I know it wasn't like plastic free, but literally. And then the whole film is she's obsessed with Forky. But it's so relatable because she's got all these shiny toys, Buzz Lightyear and, you know, Woody and all that. But she wants to play with Fork, you know, mm. which everyone who knows a toddler or a child can relate to that. Like even your cat <laughs> relates to that they want to play with the box not the not the toy so literally that's yeah it doesn't mm. like things that we think matter sometimes don't when it comes to buying new yeah um anyway before before we close off you where do people where can people find your supplies i know that you supply to various mm. stores or companies and you also sell online and you were in same Anne's Park yes so where exactly. what, what are those kind of stores people can find you in yeah so I think we're up to I think we have 10 or 11 retailers that we supply oh. right now <laughs> and we're working on growing that list like you know like we we started with the smaller independent shops because they're more approachable and more sort of forgiving you know of us figuring things out as we go along but we are working up to approaching the bigger shops as well so watch this space let's see what we can do uh, but right now you can find, you know, each shop takes a different mixture of stuff. But the Hook Lighthouse, I emailed them to say, oh, we have this selection of sea-related, plastic-free, you know, European-made toys. They rang me. They were like, thank God you contacted us. We want to go plastic-free with our shop. And our suppliers didn't have anything to offer. So oh so thank you. You know, so some of our stuff in there, um, in Mira Mira and Sandy Mount, in Small Changes, in Drumcondra, in Pax in Westport. Oh God, <laughs> I didn't, I need a list of my suppliers and of my retailers in front of me, actually. I can just, I can say them at the yeah, end. Yeah, that'd be good. I'll list them at yeah. the end. There yeah. was one other thing I wanted just to say though, is that okay? Yeah. So just about like, we were talking about reuse and yet what I'm mostly selling is new toys. Now they're mm. eco-friendly new toys. They're made in Europe and they're plastic free, which is great, but even bet more eco-friendly than buying a locally made plastic free toy is to get a second-hand toy that already exists. And actually, I have... Um, do you know Elaine from Living Lightly in Ireland? I follow her on Instagram, but I haven't gotten in touch with her yet, though. Yet, I say, hello, Elaine, if you're listening. <laughs> you should definitely talk to her. Yeah. Um, she's fantastic, and she's got such an interesting perspective. And um, she um, goes to second-hand shops and buys things that she likes and then sells them. So it's like a curated selection of good-quality second-hand stuff, including some toys. And I was... Uh, at a leak slip at big green leak slip event she was next to me and and I feel like the two of us together are the whole you know what the what the two of us together are doing is kind of the whole picture of eco-friendly toys what Jiminy is doing is only half because uh, actually the ideal would be that you walk into a toy store and that there is a, like a curated good quality checked selection of second-hand toys on one side and then an eco-friendly made in Europe plastic free selection on the other side 
And maybe we'll get to that. You know, yeah. I just feel like it's completely missing out a big part of the picture to only talk about new eco-friendly toys, which is all I have capacity for Jiminy to do right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, five years from now, maybe we can work together or whatever. You know, maybe someone else will do it. That'd be great. But to tackle the reuse and in linked into that is the quality point. So if it's cheap plastic tat and it breaks within five minutes of bringing it home, it's never going to make it to a secondhand toy store. Yeah. Whereas my kid buying something that's good quality and will last for your own kid for a while. And maybe they have fewer higher quality toys that last and that last so well that they can be passed on to a friend or can be brought to a secondhand toy store for a resale for reuse. Like that's the ideal, isn't it? Really? Yeah. And it's kind of, it becomes a bit, oh, sorry. It becomes circular then. So, you know, the new toys that are being bought are locally made, plastic free and really good quality. So they last. So then they get passed on. So then you have eco-friendly toys on both sides of that toy store and the new side and in the second hand side. Yeah, that's the that's the dream. And it might take us 10 years to get to that. But uh, But I'm sure we're working towards it slowly. I can only imagine like is your is your house, your office, is your house like full overflowing with like all these toys or do you have like a warehouse somewhere? There have been moments where the house was overflowing with toys. Uh, Your daughter is like, this is my dream. (laughs) No, no, she's very good. She knows not to touch it. Um, No, we have a warehouse. Yeah. And there are still times when, you know, warehouse overflow still comes into because we live in an apartment as well. So it got really cramped there for a little while. But now we have a, a warehouse nearby and, um, yeah thank god for the warehouse and lots of shelves and but it is really nice I do enjoy being around my stock it's all colorful and bright and it's feel good and also the producers that I source from are typically these visionary lovely people some of them are sort of slightly crazy toy inventors and they're all really lovely and um, a lot of them do things like they have the toys produced in workshops that employ people with dis- that you know go out of their way to employ and facilitate people with disabilities and make sure to source all their their own um, input materials, source them all locally. And a lot of them are winning a lot of awards in their own countries, you know. So they're very inspirational. So I do feel very lucky and inspired by the people I get to work with. That's fab. Yeah, and if people fun. want to supply, or what's the word, if they want to supply from Jiminy or mm-hmm. y- use some of the products you have like they don't need to already be an eco shop like any shop can contact you absolutely if they want to sell something yeah and in fact you know some of the some of my most exciting moments are when a shop that is full of Chinese made plastic takes on some of our toys yeah because we're displacing that yeah we're displacing the stuff that's not good for the world and stuff that is good for the world and so in a way it's actually those shops that I'd be most excited to hear from and maybe start small start with one product or two Mm. product we have no minimum order quantities we're trying to make it easy for people to try out our stuff yeah Um, and we definitely don't want to be lumping people with stuff they can't sell because that's not eco so we make it super easy and we have online ordering for for retailers that want to stock our stuff as well as for consumers who want to buy directly from us so um yeah we're all set up for that and we're getting got a new inquiry today from like a tiny business in in Sligo that want to stock some of our stuff at an upcoming craft fair and you know I'm just delighted to hear from them so um, yeah so everyone like everyone and anyone is welcome to get in touch and what's your email address it's just hello at jiminy.ie and it's jiminy like jiminy cricket so j-i-m for mother i-n for november y perfect and you deliver when you send your supplies out and when you buy online you people can pick up personally at st dan's park but they can also have them delivered and you reuse all the packaging like you were saying you try to reuse and sometimes there is plastic but it's plastic that arrived 
with the original product that you've but it's very minimal Not really yeah so we we reuse all our packaging and we don't allow our suppliers to send us plastic mm. yeah so actually no we don't really have any plastic and I was just thinking actually you know what I'm gonna do so you know the people who put their landfill waste for the whole year into a tiny jar mm-hmm. proper zero wasters I'm gonna start collecting our landfill waste as a business and see yeah. how much we because it's almost nothing like yeah. so we um so things come in cardboard boxes uh, several of our suppliers are really clever. They'll just use like little triangular pieces of cardboard to support the product instead of stuffing the whole box full of stuff. Sure. Or else we have the um, biodegradable packing peanuts. Anyway, but we use all of that to send it out back out. So I haven't bought any boxes yet. Wow. And in fact, we tend to end up, especially the bigger boxes, you know, we end up with too many of them. So we'll give them away. So we've had people coming to collect them for house moves. So if you want boxes for your move, oh my gosh, talk to me. <laughs> um, and the couple of times we have been plastic spiked, as they say, you know, when we have gotten a box in full of plastic, then, you know, it's happened twice. Once with the beads. That's nothing I really can do with that. It's a really small quantity, but I'm going to post it back to the, I'm going to post that plastic back to the supplier because in um in the country they are in they can recycle soft plastic and okay. i just kind of want to really emphasize that i was really not happy about that yeah and then one other time uh, it was our first order from the wooden puzzles supplier and they were the one that used bubble wrap as default it just never occurred there was such an eco comp it just never occurred to me and it yeah. arrived i sold the bubble wrap to so, so i've sold bubble wrap to a lady for her for her tunnel in her polytunnel oh okay i don't really understand what she but she needed bubble wrap for it anyway to keep the weeds down or something or maybe I, for that i don't know anyway she had a use for it she was delighted to get it so yeah but yeah check us out i'm gonna find myself a glass jar start collecting you know there'd be sometimes there'd be some plastic tape on the cardboard box or something like that you know mm. that goes into landfill I'm going to start collecting it in a jar instead and see how much we generate because yeah. I just suspect I just feel like I, I have to work so hard to keep that plastic out of my supply chain I suspect the average business who's just caught up with other things and not actively working on this issue mm-hmm. is probably accumulating a whole heap of soft plastic um from their packaging that just is going straight to landfill so yeah. it'd be nice to demonstrate how little you can get away with if you yeah try. Sharon it has been so inspiring talking to you I feel like my inner child is like wanting to go back in time and play with all these toys and then I'm like I don't need to go back in time I'm an adult I can buy toys whenever I want and play with them so thank you so much for coming in and still we we're like we'll keep it short and we end up talking for so long so, so pe- people can find you at St Anne's Park every Saturday well so over the summer there are so many festivals on so like we we're doing Kaleidoscope Festival this weekend we're doing Leia City Spectacular oh, we're cool. doing Playstival um, we're doing the Ploughing Championships <laughs> we'll do some of the Christmas fairs so over the summer we'll actually only be at St Anne's Park like two three times in total over okay. the summer but then once it gets back to sort of term time we'll be there most Saturdays but we announce every Friday on social media we announce where we'll be um, yeah. that weekend so just keep an eye on us and it's also on the front page of our website down the bottom where we will be for the whole month um, in advance so perfect and of course people there. can always buy online and I'll yeah. link all your social media accounts and everything in oh. the show notes so people can find you Sharon thank you, thank you so so much thanks Cara Something really important I forgot to say when you asked about me and what I do personally for the environment. The biggest things we can do for the environment is to fly less and to eat less meat. And so I decided last year to quit flying. I actually uh, booked all overland travel to the Nuremberg Toy Fair in uh, January. I was going to go by train and boat and train. 
And then I got the flu, got really sick, couldn't travel as uh, the couple of days in advance as planned. And I ended up getting a last minute flight and flying over and back. And honestly, I regret that. You know, I really could have coped without going. And I certainly won't be doing that again. Um, so I'm a no flyer. <laughs> And uh, I also eat as little meat as I can. Uh, my husband, unfortunately, for me, <laughs> the planet is uh, big into meat and he actually does most of the cooking at home. Uh, so I eat whatever is put in front of me and most of the week he'll get me like a vegetarian quiche or something instead of meat. But if a chicken piece of chicken lands on my plate, I'll eat it. But if I'm cooking, I cook vegan. And if I'm shopping, I shop vegan. Uh, so those are two pretty important things that I forgot to mention. I also obviously use like washable menstrual products and all of those things have gone through my own routine a lot. And I also actually didn't have a car. Uh, this is one of the ironic things of starting an eco-friendly business. I didn't have a car for nearly 10 years, uh, which I was very happy with. But then starting a business, a retail and wholesale business, it's just impractical. So I started renting a car and then my partner had to change his taxi, so I kept his older uh, petrol car. So I'm driving a petrol car uh, when I need to, which doesn't make me too happy. In fact, it pretty sickens me when I have to fill up the tank with petrol. But anyway, I haven't found a better solution. Uh, I can't quite afford an electric car for the moment. Um, anyway, so just the, about the flights and the meat, I just thought, gosh, you know, changing your toothbrush is great, but if you're jet setting around the world all the time, um, that would be a much bigger impact contribution to Jet Set, at least a little bit less. All right, Cara, all the best. Bye. Alrighty, guys, they were Sharon. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And her little note at the end as well, we'll slot it in there. So if you want to check her out, her website and everything she mentioned is linked below. And the people the businesses in Ireland that stock her supplies I'll just go through them very quickly now so there's a couple of shops all over Ireland that if you want to pop into for you know a personal interaction as opposed to ordering online you can so in Dublin Mirror Mirror in Sandy Mount stock some toys designist on Georgia Street Hugh Lane Gallery Bookshop the Irish Craft Shuppa in Drumcondra Buy Urban in Stony Batter Paper Pieces in Rohini and Reusey uh, will be stuck in her as well. That was last week's episode with Pat. And in Wicklow, the Village Store in Enniskerry. Wexford has the Hook Lighthouse gift shop with some toys that she was mentioning. Galway has the Lighthouse gift shop at the National Aquarium. Mayo has Pax, P-A-X, in West Westport, stocking some of her supplies. Sligo has pulled screen printing. They sell art and craft supplies. And in Tyrone, you'll find some toys and art craft supplies in Soul Hippie. And all of those are linked in the show notes. So, that is everything. I hope you guys enjoyed. Please rate, review and share with a friend if you have the time. That would be amazing. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know who you would like me to interview or what you would like to learn about in future and I'll get cracking on it. And if there's any phrases or anything you'd like me to cover in quick, short bonus episodes, do let me know. That is everything, I think. I hope you guys are having a lovely summer. Look after yourselves, look after each other, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.